So it's just me who is worried. It's that just everyone... you. You're the problem, Jesse. Damn it. Well, I'll continue to worry. <laughs> That's okay. you do worry listening to episode 5 of TCE Radio. It's been a minute since our last episode. Life got in the way and we just needed to take a short pause. So my apologies if you've been waiting on the edge of your seat for the last two months. We're coming back with just one story this month. The Community Editions Editor-in-Chief, Jesse Bauman, is leaving his post at the end of April, which is bittersweet. He and I chatted about what he's learned and experienced at TCE, so stay tuned. ago I lied through my teeth to get this job and been doing it with moderate success ever since. Um, had you ever actually used InDesign before you started working at TC? No. Is that one of your this, this is a this is not uh, sponsored content, but uh, <laughs> I would highly recommend Lynda.com, now available for free through the Kitchener Public Library, and I believe the Waterloo. Oh, I didn't know that. Public Library as well. It is an online everything. I learned InDesign in, I think, a thirty-hour course the weekend before I interviewed for this job, and the paper is sort of the evidence of how well that worked. So yeah. the jury is is out. Um, <laughs> so I, I had used InDesign in the sense that I had done a, a course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I used it to make a little zine before I started, but otherwise I, I had not used it. So. so I think one of the most interesting things about like looking back on your time and something I forget all the time is that you weren't a journalist before you got this job. What were you doing? Well... I suppose, you know, being an entirely unregulated body, anyone can pick up a pencil and paper and and call themselves a journalist. But you're right, I was not working as a journalist. I was doing some freelance Mm. writing. Most of it was not paid. Uh, Well, or it it was paid by my employer in addition to my, my, uh, what was described in my job description at the time, which was working at a, at a food bank and, Mm -hmm. And I was doing all sorts of things there. But, yeah, so writing on the side, but but not ever working as a professional journalist until I, I got into this, which, again, readers of the paper can decide whether that was good <laughs> or, or bad. It's the ultimate American dream in Canada. It's true. Start from the bottom. And now, um... Abandoning what you helped build. Abandoning what I helped... <laughs> only only like three more weeks of abandonment jokes and then you get to leave for yeah. real 
Uh, so what would you say is the most significant thing you've learned uh, mm-hmm. or experienced? Right. Specifically at TC, I do not care about your life before. Right. No, why would you? Um, that's a great question, and... I don't know if if any of if if you've if you you've sort of we've talked about this before and I think I think it was just this sort of realization you know I mean there's just that's that saying like the wiser you are the more you realize how little you know something like that um, there's this common trope about Kitchen Waterloo as having no culture and there's nothing going on and anyone who's cool or interesting has long ago pulled up stakes and moved to Toronto or Montreal or some other place. And, you know, there are lots of people who have done that. Um, The irony, of course, is that we are having this conversation because I might be leaving. Uh, But but there's there's just so much going on in, in, in KW and so many committed people who, um, you know, often for free are, are, are really just, busting their asses to make this an interesting and rich place to live. And, you know, in, in retrospect, that, that shouldn't have, that shouldn't be surprising. At, you know, of course that's the case. Um, but it, it took, I guess, some really digging into this community to, to really fully appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there, especially amongst younger people really take our hometowns for granted. Um, I love KW and I feel like I've really been exposed to a lot of the culture and complexities that exist here because I'm not from here because I moved here and it was learning a new city and compared to what my hometown was I felt like there was so much happening here. Mm. And now I look back at my own hometown of St. Catharines, which there's stuff happening there, but at the time I thought, well, this is a shithole and I can't stay here and I have to leave. And so I found KW and there perhaps is one person who has left KW for St. Catharines and felt the same thing when they got there. Um, But we all know that Toronto sucks. Yeah, well, that's a sort of unofficial banner of our website, but... (laughs) publication but that was how when I first met the last DIC Allie when I was interviewing to become the social media manager and she was asking why I wanted to volunteer with TCE I was like I don't want to move to Toronto at all (laughs) but I want to be a journalist I want to work in media Mm -hmm. and that's there are opportunities for that in KW like it's mind-blowing to me that post-university I could find a newspaper that would print my writing locally and let me mm-hmm. be part of the process in making it every month. Yeah, I mean, I've also said this before, I forget if I've said it on this podcast, but we are increasingly without peers in, in Canada, and I think that's that's a very sad thing. I think any community, every community needs a community newspaper. I mean... I think the fact that we even need to distinguish between community newspapers and, for example, the Waterloo Region Record, 
uh, owned by Metro Media uh, and some other big people with lots of money, uh, is a problem. Like, it, it just, you know, it speaks to this larger media ecosystem where most papers are strapped and trying to make money and vertically integrated and not that connected to to the communities where they work. And I, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, there are obviously, all the people who are still working in these publications are really wonderful journalists who are connected. But um, the fact that we can, that we can thrive speaks to the demand for, for what we're doing and the fact that people aren't entirely satisfied with reading the record owned by Metro Media. Metroland Media? We're all hopefully a little wiser now than we were 18 months ago. Here's Jesse talking about what he would tell himself when he was just starting out at the Community Edition, if he had a time machine, of course. Well, I think I would have tried to talk to myself about this this tension in the, the structure of the paper, which is on the one hand that many people are really excited to give of their time and their work and for free. Um, I, I mean give literally. It's a volunteer driven organization and we don't have the budget to to pay most of our contributors and that and then on the one hand many people are really excited and glad to do that. That is what volunteerism is all about. In a previous job I had done a lot of volunteer management and so I appreciated that volunteers are, are really, without being too sappy and cliche, the the thread that forms the rich tapestry of community and holds it all together. I really do believe that. Um, and on the other hand, that that we are in various ways exploiting young people who need exposure and experience who want to work in media. Um, and we are, as you said, one place that they can actually get their stories printed, get experience with all, all parts of the production process. Um, yeah, and as someone who really deeply believes people should be paid for their work, that that rankles a little bit. And I think it's hard. It can it can feel hard to have credibility as a as a publication who wants you know to be critical of, for example, around us the tech boom and the attendant kind of unpaid internship fetish that so many of these companies seem to have um, or did. I know it's changing, but. But that's a that's a tricky thing that I obviously I'm rambling here a bit because I haven't fully resolved in my in my own brain how I how I feel about that or how how best to manage it because I I'm glad that the paper exists and I, if we had to pay people it wouldn't so that's sort of where I come down at the end of the day but um, but I also think people should be paid for their work so that's just a struggle but yeah well that's definitely I think attention I feel like you and I have had this conversation many times in the last. 18 months, um, because I, because you didn't volunteer for TCE before you started working for us, um, whereas I'm coming up on my second year of volunteering, and a lot of what I have done for the community edition, um, like when I first started and I first joined as a social media manager, um, yeah, I was like a wide-eyed young journalist looking for a full-time job, um, but a lot has changed in the last two years, and I think 
a lot of the stuff that I've contributed, a lot of the articles I've contributed, I could have pitched those elsewhere and been paid for that work. And I knew that at the time. Not everybody does, but like, mm -hmm. I have been working in journalism for a few years now, um, and so I know I know how to pitch to like Vice or whatever. Right. Um, fuck Vice, but I would never pitch them. <laughs> um, but. I yeah and, and I choose to bring my work and my talent to the community edition because I feel like I'm doing something more important and I'm mm -hmm. part of something that's bigger than myself and there are sacrifices that everybody has to make and give and take when you are part of something bigger um, and in this case it is the sacrifices money um, and part of the problem I think is that like journalists especially young journalists have been conditioned to believe that you shouldn't be paid for your work or that mm -hmm. your work isn't necessarily valued. Mm -hmm. um, because I know I definitely had that. Like when I was graduating, I thought I would have taken any unpaid internship that I could. And now I think it is always very dependent on where you're going and where that internship is. Like, but yeah, I guess I've never felt like I've never felt exploited by TC, I've never felt like I'm working for free. I've always felt like I was getting more out of it than mm -hmm. I was giving into it. Just a reminder, you're listening to TCE Radio. The Community Edition runs mostly with volunteer support. Do you want to be one of those volunteers? Email info at communityedition.ca to get involved. Let's go back to Jesse talking about what advice he has for his successor. Well, there's all sorts of wacky stuff happening on the internet now, and I think we have not done as much as we could to embrace that, especially given given our home in the Silicon Valley of, of the North. Um, television viewers can see me throwing up in my mouth as I, <laughs> as I say that. Uh, I mean, again, it's it's partly a function of, of, our, of our kind of... DIY, can-do, uh, small-budget work environment that we have to choose what we focus on. And, you know, I, I came to this paper with a sort of old-school approach to storytelling and really believing that if we tell the best stories we can, um, written well on important subject matters, that the paper will sell itself. And to some degree, that I think that has proven to be true, but uh, that's only, you, you still have to do a lot of work, especially online, to get the right stories in front of the right people so that they actually are read and, and, and have an impact. And, and I don't really know what that looks like, but I, I know that there are lots of, uh, lots of tech companies here and, and abroad whose work is just getting the right content in front of the right people and, and are often paid quite handsomely to do it, and so obviously... We can't do that, but maybe someone who's listening would, would take pity upon us and and, uh, and provide their services for, for free. And I'll just sort of take a pregnant pause and let whoever is listening think about that and decide that they would like to help us out. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's one place we can definitely grow. Um, but I also probably would tell them not to give up on print media. You know, I 
I heard the editor-in-chief of Exclaim magazine talk a few months ago, and he he shared an analogy that I I, I think I hope is is right, um, which is that. So Exclaim is one of these free newspapers you pick up in Toronto, and increasingly I see it in KW. It's all about music. It's print. Um, and the analogy that he drew was between um, print and vinyl, and that um, vinyl has not died, and in fact it seems to be growing again, and has a certain cachet in certain communities. Um, and that his publication seems to be a similar kind of, have a, hold a similar kind of cachet value for, for a certain kind of reader. Um, I'm being a little bit ambiguous about who these certain kinds of readers uh, are, but I, I think that there's there's something that can't be easily replaced about that experience of of sitting down and picking up a print publication. And I think not all print publications work in in that way. And I think ours is well laid out and with a certain attention to design detail that um, that print still has value and, and in a similar way that people still want to sit down, listen to an album on vinyl. And as I say this I'm throwing it in my mouth a little <laughs> bit, but but I, I think I think that's meaningful and it's easy to, to laugh it off as terrible pretension. But uh, it is and it's also more than Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so, in terms of your life, where does this role as the EIC of the Community Edition rank in all of the jobs slash roles <laughs> you have held? Jeez. Know that your publisher won't hear this until you're already. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> So I have had a lot of different jobs. Jeez, yeah, I have. Um, I don't think I'll ever have... I'm sure I'll never have this same kind of creative control and just kind of license to be nosy and get into everyone's business and make it my, make it my business. I mean, this is just what a, being a journalist is, I guess. It's your business to know other people's business. And... Um, that's nice. It's good to be able to just call people up and say, hey, this is who I am, and tell me what, what you think about that. And as a sort of side, like it's shocking to me that so many people want to talk to you when you're a journalist. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I've never been interviewed. I'm not a, that... Oh, wow. I'm being interviewed right now. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, telling you stuff, and I don't have to. But... and risking looking like a complete idiot. But that is what always, I mean, that's another thing that has impre so impressed me about this community is so many people are willing to pick up the phone and talk to you and put themselves on the line without any obvious benefit to, to them. Um, and, and so that's one of the reasons I think this job has been so unique and wonderful is, is it's given me a reason to, to build relationships with people that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I do think, I I grew up in this area, moved back after school, and I thought I was well connected, but um, I just, I, I do now see the community in a lot more richness, I guess, than I, than I once did, and that's that's a real 
It's a real gift to me, anyway. So, so I mean, that's great, and I, I don't think I'll ever have a job where I can just make a newspaper every every month. That's probably not. That's like pretty <laughs> special yeah. to have that kind of freedom and creative control. So, uh, if you're listening, ha 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 ha! I have a great <laughs> job. But by the time you're listening, he doesn't have a great job anymore. That's true. I'll be unemployed. Steel Rails 2017 is coming up. We can't tell you anything about it, and tickets aren't on sale yet, but we can say it's at the end of June, and we promise it will be a memorable party. Follow our social media for updates on that. Now let's go back to Jesse for one last question. Can you name one or two stories that TC has published since you've been there that really stand out? Not the Ken story, because we talked about that ah. last time you were here. So, yeah, I mean, if you just type my name into <laughs> the search bar, communityedition.ca, it's J-E-S-S-E-B-A-U-M-A-N, uh, you'll see a long list of provocative, incisive, kind of, you know, muckraking journalism of the highest standard. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm really proud of, of all of the issues that I've been a part of, to be honest, and... You know, to name to to name one or two is to is to is to ignore so many others that were that were valuable. And I think I think every issue, you know, this is the goal anyway. Is 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 greater than the sum of its parts, and that it's and that's kind of what I like about print too. Is when you you sit down and you pick up this issue, and they're loosely themed. The last one was called "Living and Dying." Um, the tendency towards the dark. And, the one uh, before that was about death, too. Yeah, well, I know. I like to think about dying. Um, <laughs> Specifically dying in KW. <laughs> dying in KW, that's what makes our lives meaningful, is that we die. But in any case, um, when, you pick up the, when you pick up the paper, this is a sort of a new thought I'm thinking out loud, but you see in some degree what a rich place this is. And so, yeah, in our last issue, there's an article about young people in the community who are also caring for their parents and, and grandparents, written by someone who had that experience and now who is working on researching those issues and, and, and supporting young people in the community who are also doing that. Um, there's another article about the guy who, who runs UW's anatomy lab and, and accepts donated bodies from people in the community who want to be used for scientific research. And and then another piece about healthcare access in, in, in the community and how we're growing really fast and you know that's causing home prices to skyrocket, but it's also making it harder to get a doctor. And you know, this I guess this is just a, this is obvious, but when you see all of these pieces together you realize I, I don't know, it, it it kind of it buoys me in a way to, to see that there are this many people in our community who give enough of a shit about the community to sit down and write stories for free for us um, and, and for everyone else. And, and that that's really, that's really heartening because I think ultimately that's the point of what we're doing is to tell stories that 
either challenge our senses of, of who we are or, or represent in some sense our, our, our sense of self. Because um, I think if they're getting too philosophical, we are really the, the stories that we tell about ourselves and each other. And, and if we want to feel like we belong in a community, there need to be those stories. And so, to, in some small way, I would hope that that's what our publication has done, and that's also why I'm refusing to tell you which are my favorites. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for being difficult um, and always. sharing your philosophical wisdom. I'm sure your parents will be very happy to hear mm. that your education has taken you this far. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any other questions. Do you have anything burning that you need to get off your chest before people stop hearing about what you have to say? Isn't this podcast great? <laughs> Subscribe. That's it? That's it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you.